Hello and welcome back. This is Brother Dave James Jardine Jr., CEO and founder of the Lord's Kings Podcast. Thank you to all those who have stopped in to listen. Truly appreciate it. Can't thank you enough. Thank you to all my supporters as well. Thank you so very much. You know, Stacia won't be uh, uh, able to be with us again this recording. You know, she's dealing with some some uh, business uh, issues and propositions she's dealing with, and and I hope everything works out well for her. And uh, so I'm going to continue this show. You know, this show is a little more serious than the previous one, and I think the closer we get to elections, which is about 60 days away, my shows might take on a little bit more political uh, nature. I can't help it. You know, I, I, I thought I was not going to be speaking political, but the more that I follow uh, what's going on in, in, uh, in the world, mainly in our country, in the United States, it's, uh, to me, it's very disheartening. And um, I've never, ever, as I said, I'm 57, and, and um, I've never, ever seen uh, such division so much hatred and um, racism blatant I've never seen this before so you know I know I have um, pro-Trump I have people that are for Biden you know you might have some people that's just for the United States you know you know I'm definitely going to speak a little bit about the, the play the movie Hamilton because for some reason, um, Hamilton, the play, it resonates with me as a, uh, a as a black man, uh, someone as of color. How our the founding fathers came together to make a better nation, and the way I see it. Or I love the way the fact of how Hamilton uh, was written as a, as a rap. Now, I'm not going to tell you that 100% of Hamilton is correct because there's some things that are incorrect. Uh, for one, the actors of are people of color, all different races, uh, Latino, African American. I mean, if you watch it, you'll see the dancers, uh, the, all the performers are a complete mixed culture and I love that and for them to tell the story that they did uh, in, 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 in their eyes of what happened back then and how the cultures were mixed into it it's very important and if I mean most people if people are like me that uh, didn't really follow history as well as I am now this is a definitely a wonderful opportunity. It's definitely a great jump-off point to to delve into our history and how the United States became the United States and how we fought to keep what we have and and how so many people came together to band together to stand against tyranny and uh, oppression and all things that try to keep us down, keep us as slaves, keep us. Uh, as less as uh, any other human being. So I, I, I welcome anyone. It, you know, I know I have a few um, listeners, a few supporters that has already uh, gotten back to me that they had started listening to Hamilton. And, you know, we have fun with it because we love the music and we're, you know, we're, we're all not professional rappers. So listening to the raps, it might take one or two times to listen and understand exactly um what they're saying and, and what they're portraying. Now, I'm not suggesting anyone to be like how I am concerning Hamilton, because honestly, I believe I'm now at nine. I've watched it nine times, and and I hadn't watched it in probably about a good week full. But the thing about it is, I'm feeling like I need to stop, <laughs> take a break, because, and my wife also expressed this as well, it's like we can't get the songs out of our head you know there's so many songs and so many powerful powerful lyrics and that bring more life to how our 
nation, our country began, or how it was um, formed to 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 be held together, to grow, to be a better nation uh, of the United States. Now, so we're definitely going to speak about Hamilton, and, and I got a couple of notes to speak on about the Republican Republican um, Party, the uh, convention. You know, I spoke the previous episode on um, the Democratic convention. It moved me to tears. It um, it touched my heart in many ways. I I seen a, a lot of love, not just uh, one person talking about their own thing, but many people speaking about um, their life within these last three to four years. Now, I'm going to stop there because I definitely, you know, I like to, to uh, read a scripture or two. So I have two scriptures, actually, that I'm going to read to start off. Then after that, I'm going to say a quick prayer, and then we're going to continue our conversation. So the first scripture that I'm going to be ready to read, very short, is out of Philippians 4, verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The second short verse is out of Proverbs 19.21. There are many devices in man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord shall stand, period. I thought those two uh, verses were outstanding, very powerful, you know, because, uh, you know, when we look back at at Philippians, it lets you know. God is going to supply your every need. Now, some people don't believe in God and, and, and they're struggling. Some people believe in God and they're struggling and they can't understand why they're struggling. The difference between the two is if you don't believe in God and you're struggling, your struggles are deeper than it looks. Because if you don't believe in your heart in him who sent the one, who died for our sins. If you don't believe in this and you're struggling, it, it doesn't even touch the surface of the fact that you're short of supplies or uh, food or whatever it may be, or money or rent or whatever, because it's deeper than that. Now, the person that is a believer and is struggling, it, it's, it's, it's odd. It's odd because that person that might be struggling and they really truly believe in Christ. They believe in the Father. They believe in the Son, the Holy Spirit. They believe this deep in their heart. They will continue to struggle through. And I guarantee you, God will meet their need. Um, he's, done, he's done it with me for my entire life. You know, all the stories you've heard me speak about and things. All because I believed in him that he continued to meet my needs and protect me. No matter how boneheaded I was or how ignorant I was or how... Uh, unlearned I was he still always supplied my need the second the second scripture of, of Proverbs 19:21, you know it starts out by saying there are many devices in a man's heart and we're not talking about one type of man or that type of man or a woman or a child anyone there are many devices in a man's heart and those devices is what leads us to do different things, whether it's of God or not. And then it says, nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, it shall stand. So no matter what you think or what you believe, the counsel of God, the counsel of the Lord is going to stand. So if you're not a believer and you're listening, you know, we thank you. And I hope that the words that I'm speaking will help encourage you to to investigate more why you should be a believer and more why you should accept Christ in your heart as as your personal savior. Very important. You know, I'm very blessed today. You know, I'm, I'm still um, watching church online. My wife and I haven't decided to actually go back into the building. We miss them so much. And one of the f- things that I'm afraid of is that when I see my friends and my brothers and sisters in church, I'm going to want to hug them. I'm going to want to hold their neck and pray with them and and just hold them and tell them I love them and I've been praying for them. And that's not wise right now. 
Now, I know a lot of people are going and they're able to, to uh, refrain from holding and, and shaking hands and stuff. We are true lovers. My wife and I, we love the people, whether they are have given their life to God or not. We see them as friends and we get to hold them. And we know that we're not going to be able to hold back from expressing that love. So if my pastor happens to listen to this episode, you know, I apologize for not being there. But, you know, I'm still uh, with you in spirit. You know, um, I'm, I'm supportive. We know we are still supporting our, our church because we know that our church is is helping so many people who are uh, homeless, about to be homeless. People whose uh, food pantries are, are winning down to nothing. And then we still have people that are abroad in the world, in, uh, I believe, Guatemala, in Haiti. And we have all different types of uh, projects that reach out, reaches out across the world. And I truly believe that. So that's why I support my church, my pastor, Dave Crosby Jr. and his, his lovely wife, Becca Crosby. Just wanted to give them a quick shout out. Miss you guys more than you can ever imagine. However, getting back to the program, when I started speaking about this, today we did Holy Communion in church, and, and uh, it was wonderful. And, you know, my wife and I, we, we did our Holy Communion right on the sofa while we was watching the service, which was a wonderful service. And, um, I mean, those of you that are not following church or don't feel like you have really a positive church to follow, I'm going to tell you, our church, Community Church, it's in Toby Hanna of the Poconos. If you go on that and watch it, it's live every Sunday. It's two services. Today we had a special service just at 10, but we have two services, one at uh, 9.30 and the other one at 11. They're both live. You can go online, enjoy it, or you can go there because the doors are open and they do try their best to be as safe as possible uh, as far as the coronavirus is concerned. But we, like I said, we did Holy Communion today, and it was wonderful. And, you know, my wife had found a, a bottle of wine that we that we really enjoyed from the Franklin Hill uh, wine. And um, I have a special little uh, communion kit that I had uh, purchased uh, some while ago that I felt was important for me to have, uh, you know, for us to have Holy Communion every now and then in the house. And and uh, but. Like I said, found a beautiful, sweet bottle of wine, and and um, I filled my little flask. It's not really a flask, a bottle where you put your drink, what you're gonna when you're gonna do your holy communion, and I, I filled it with the, some of the wine. So we had that, and we had a piece of sweet raisin bread uh, as the body, and a beautiful sweet wine as the blood, and it was wonderful. The prayers was wonderful. Um, the memory of Christ is always wonderful. And um, I just want to want to speak about that briefly because I know so many people, those that believe, don't get an opportunity to do Holy Communion. And you can go to Matthew chapter 26, read the story and understand what it's about. And you can do it. You can do it at home. You don't have to use wine. I mean, I mean, I use wine. It's the first time I used wine. And oh, boy, I, I can't even remember. But I thought it was fitting. And I mean, it's not like a big jug of wine. It was just a little small, you know, little sip for the communion and the bread. And I just encourage you, you know, if you have Kool-Aid, if you have some uh, juice or soda or anything, get your little piece of bread, get your piece of cracker, get your little sip of, of, of something and pray and, and, uh, and, and take that Holy Communion and thanking God for what he has done for us and what he's doing now. Whether or not it looks dark and it looks like he's not doing anything to some people, trust me, he is. He's in charge. He knows what's going on. You know, The end of the world is coming. I mean, some people don't believe that. Some people do. I don't know. It's coming. I believe this, this era is ushering in a true, uh, the true time of the end. Whether that means it's going to happen this week or it's going to happen 50 years from now. I'm not trying to put a date on it. But I do know we're closer now than we ever was. And when I watch uh, so much of the uh, the negativeness that's uh, going on in the politics and, and uh, how they're using so many people using other people for different ways, it's just a shame. It's really a crying shame. So before I go any further, you know, just about 15 minutes in, I would like to say a quick prayer. Thank you, Heavenly Father. 
Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace and for your kindness and your love and your protection. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your son who has died for us and rose again and and sitting at the right hand of you, Heavenly Father. Thank you. Thank you for all this. Uh, thank you for all those who are listening to my voice, dear God, that that uh, I pray for wisdom even more as I can, that I am able to be used by you to say something to encourage someone to be strengthened in the matters of the heart. And as we continue to go forward in your name, that we be able to help someone, whether we help feed someone, we help encourage someone, but we help that we might help guide someone, strengthen them in somehow, some way. I pray that the, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be truly acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. We truly thank you and praise your holy name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we will get back to this message right now. Amen. Thank you, Father. Yeah. So I love I love praying to God. I really do. Sometimes, you know, I don't like to do be too forceful, or pray too hard. I don't want people to to turn away from this because they can't take how someone's praying. I mean, I'm I know people have issues. I have issues. We all have issues. Life is life. And, and that's what it is. Now, I have I have two questions, maybe three questions to start to start this. The White House. Whose house is that? The understanding of the White House is not the White House is white, so it's for all white people. No, that, that's ignorant for anyone to think that. So let's get on another level. We're not on an ignorant level. Let's get on a positive level. The White House was created to house the government of the United States of America. And yes, slaves helped build it, and you know, foreigners helped build it. I'm not, I'm not getting into that. That doesn't mean just because the slaves built it doesn't mean it's theirs. Okay. The White House is everybody's house because it's a house of government, it's a house of rules, regulations. And, and it's also a house that is, as, as the years go on and the decades go on, and that that it gets better to help the people of the United States of America. Now, that's in its simplest form. Now, I know I have more, I know there's more technical terms to even go deeper into that. And I know I have many listeners that respond back to me and will respond to me on a deeper level. And I appreciate it because you respond to me on deeper levels. It helps me to speak more on these issues. Now, my other question is, another question is, can we lose our democracy? I mean, is that possible? From the founding fathers, from Hamilton, and even before them, when they, when they, when they wrote the uh, constitutions and all the letters, and, and, and it could be very confusing. But when that was started, the reason why they started it is to hold tight to our democracy. That's what makes America so great. The democracy. The voting. You know, really, really trying to understand that if, okay, if you have this one mayor, great mayor, he's been a mayor for 25 years, let's say. He did great. People uh, voted him all the time because he was such a great mayor, fair mayor, understanding, door open policy. And then you have another person that wants to come up to be mayor because he thinks that that mayor is too kind or he's he's uh, he's not too forceful on crime or he's not this or whatever he may be thinking. And then the crap hits the fan. And then now real hard decisions have to be made by that mayor in his town. The decisions that have to be made are crucial. But then you have a person that will incite like riots or to say how this this mayor is doing wrong. This mayor is doing doing it the wrong way. The, the, Demo 
the democracy of this situation it hails that we can hold a vote as people we the people can hold the vote to say I think that this person should be the mayor no I think that this person should be the mayor okay we have a fair election a fair vote and what wherever the chips fall that's what, what we handle now honestly I got that I was using the mayor thing because I was my wife and I we've been watching uh, uh, Jericho on um, Netflix, great, great program. It's really wonderful, but but when I seen it and I understood, I started saying, you know, no matter how bad things are, if you tear apart the democracy, or the voting of the people, then you tearing down the government. We have to do it properly. A long time ago, at one point, when they did votes, they they voted with jelly beans. You know, how many jelly beans was in this pot, okay? This pot was for that person, he wins. You know, I mean, people are acting like the voting has been so tainted that there's no way that we can have voting. Do you understand? If there's no way that we can have voting, you are tearing, you have completely shut down democracy, what we are all about. People will come out to vote. People will stand on lines. People will send in their mail, mail-in ballots. They've been doing it for a long time. I mean, there's places like Colorado that before all of this happened, they changed to mainly mail-in ballots. And they, they said that they've been having the best elections ever. Okay, that's one side. And I mean, also here in Pennsylvania, I'm from Pennsylvania, a lot of people do it, mail-in mail -in, uh, ballots. They do it. And you know what? A lot of times, the people that we don't want to win, win. But that's okay because the most votes came in and so on and so on. You know, they're tearing down this this fabric of voting. And, and we, can't, we can't allow that. So when I say we can't allow that, I'm not saying let's go to streets and, and, and loot and riot. No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is... What we need to do as people is make it our business to do everything we can to make our democracy as fair as possible. Come out to vote. They are short on, on uh, the offices where people come in, the poll grounds where people come in to, to vote. So if there's not enough people, then guess what? They can't have it open. So that's one poll place that's closed so many people are gonna have to travel miles to another place to go listen this is also for the young people they are paying anyone that's competent enough to be to, to work in the the, the the polls they're paying them as poll workers be safe. I said this before. You be safe. You wear your mask, wear your goggles, whatever you got to do. Stay your distance. If you get gloves, do that, whatever. But we need to have our people. And I'm not just talking about here in Pennsylvania. I'm talking about anyone that's listening to this. It's so important that we figure out how we're going to help because we only have like 60 days. Now, wouldn't it be terrible? Regardless if, I mean, if Trump wins, Trump wins. If, if Biden wins, that's not, that's not what I'm, I'm focusing on. What I'm focusing on is making this as legal and respectful and honest as possible. So a lot of people like my, my friends that's, that we grew up in high school, whatever, you have young people, you have young children, uh, you know, maybe 20s, 30s, maybe some are 40. I don't know. But we need to encourage our families especially our young people, to get out there instead of just uh, protesting, which protesting is awesome. I'm not trying to say protesting is bad. However, I'm going to speak on protesting in a second, but it is so important that we get our people, anyone, I'm not saying our people, my people, black people, I'm not saying that, people, our people, to get out and, 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 and be a part of this democracy now. Because things can go so wrong. Okay, now I'm going to talk about the the Republican 
I'm sorry. I, you know, I get a little emotional. I, I'm so, it's so hard for me to not talk about this stuff, but at the same time, I, I'm trying not to be so political. But you know, I had a show. My last show was about Democrat, their convention. Then I had to, in all fairness, in all honesty, I had to try to watch the Republican. And it devastated me. I mean, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I couldn't even finish listening because it constantly was fear, a fear monger. If we let this, if we let Biden in, it's going to be this. They're not going to have no police. We're not going to have this. I was like, how, why is he just stay? They are just staying constantly on that. I mean, so many people had died. So many people, you know, lost their lives um, tragically. On, on, I mean, on both sides, yeah, but, but, I mean, people of color that are being uh, slaughtered, killed down in the streets. You had this young man, 17 years old. I watched this video. I could not believe what I seen. You know, he was running. Yeah, he was running. They was chasing him, and it was because he, he was. Uh, I don't know what he was doing before the video, so I can't speak on it. I'm not. But the bottom line is, when he was going, they tried to stop him, and. The guy shot two people, killed two people, warned another one. And then after that, and he was walking, trying to give himself up, walking with his AK-47, 17 years old, strapped across his body with his purple rubber gloves, walking in the middle of the street where the military was coming down with their lights on. And and maybe they were police. I don't know, but it looked like military M11 vehicles. Those are the ones I used to deal with in the military. So that's why I'm associated with military. Okay, but anyway... Three of them, three armored tank vehicles full of police or government officials getting ready to go to the rioters and and to the protesters, I should say. This young man, hands up, they passed him like he wasn't even a threat. Three of them vehicles, at least say if there was five people in each vehicle, that was 15 officers. They passed him right by, didn't even stop him, didn't even, you, they had to notice him, hands up, AKA 47 across his body, walking, they just passed him. Then he, the, the video continues to go on, he goes to a, a, a police car that's that's parked on the side with his lights on, and he goes up to the, the passenger window, and you can see he was like talking to the police, and then he stepped back and put his hands up. That's all I've seen. But what I know after that is the the young man was able to go home. The police had to go to his house and arrest him for what he did. Now, you know, I'm not being racist, but I know and I believe in my heart that if that person was black, he would have been shot dead right there. I mean, I've seen young people, you know, young black man just was shot in the back seven times. He didn't have a weapon, so why would I think that if, if, a, if a young man of color is walking down the street with an AK-47, even with his hands up, that they're not going to just kill him? Okay, that's my take on it. I apologize for getting so deep on it. It's very emotional. You know, the time that we're living in is, is very intense and it's very emotional. Now, here's my other question. Do some people or some American people believe that it would be better if we had a king or a queen because if you don't have democracy that's what you fall to you fall to having a king and a queen a monarch a monarchy you know this is very serious stuff so yes i believe it's absolutely possible for our democracy to be destroyed and then leave it to the people of power now i have other things to speak about with the banks you know, the banks have a system with so much uh, power that I believe they run more than what we even can imagine. So I'm not going to, uh, I was just touching on that, but I'm not going to go into details. But if you can understand or you can see how serious this is, this time right now is probably more important to our lives than ever before. I mean, look how far we have come from uh, of, of of America being able to own slaves, and then slaves being being free, and then slaves being able now they're free, uh, now they're able to vote, and then women that couldn't vote now they're able to vote. Now you have uh, women that are 
a part of the democracy level, they are so high, it's amazing. Okay, so we've come an extremely, extremely long way. Are we going to throw it all away by not standing up for a democracy, for not um, doing what we feel is right? Now, when I talk about protesting, I, I believe in protesting is absolutely important because it shows the rest of the world why someone is protesting. Something injustice is going on, and this is why people are protesting. Now, on the back end of protest, I told my wife this, and I believe this firmly. Anybody that is protesting, if they know whoever's leading it, if you know that the curfew for the protesters are 8 o'clock. It is so important that by 7.30, you are now ending your protest and going home. Because if you don't, what you are allowing is the true anarchists to throw fireworks, break windows, write, paint stuff on the walls and, and things like that. And then it makes it look like it's the protesters. But it's really the the anarchists that are riding on the back of the protesters and using the protesters as cover to do their hatred. And Because it, it's about money. It's again, it's about money. This the On the back end of the protest, it's about money. Now, I've seen videos. I've seen honest videos of pro um writers being arrested and you might not believe this but this is how serious it has gotten white writers with black shoe polish on their face like black face in all black with with black hats and and or somewhat hoodies or whatever and they are the ones that are going into stores breaking the windows and stealing Rolexes and, and all those high-end items. Now, I'm not saying that there's no people of color because there are. But what I'm saying is the crime is the people that are trying to steal, break, steal so they can get money. Now, I told this story before. I believe I told the story when I, my brother was on with me. And uh, we was talking about, I believe it was 1974 when there was a blackout in New York City. Now, we was living in we was living in a beautiful area, you know. It was uh, 59th Street in Brooklyn, New York. It was nice houses and you know everything. And but when the riot when when the when the blackout happened down on the main street, you could say it's main street, but it was Utica. We that was Utica in Brooklyn, New York. The the riders broke the windows, smashed the, the windows, stole the, the jewelry, stole sneakers, stole whatever they can get, running out of stores with TVs. You've seen these pictures. You, you know what, what the looters and the rioters do. You know, and of course, I mean, if you have video on all of them, you're going to see all different colors. You're not going to just see black or people of color. You're going to see people committing crimes. That's what you're going to see, whoever's doing it. So when I was talking about 74, that's what they did. And the, th the thing about it was my brother and I and our friends on the block, the lights went out. We was having a good time. You know, the lights were out, you know, running around playing games, trying to get the girls or whatever, you know, young kids. But the next day we found out that our friends that lived down closer to Utica were, were people that were breaking into those windows and were selling Puma sneakers, the suede Puma sneakers for like $10 a pop. And back then, they were like $30, $40, $50 sneakers. That was very expensive back in 1974. It, it didn't have nothing to do with race. It had to do with greed. They needed more money. They wanted to get money so they could help feed their family, whatever. But it was wrong what they did. And it's wrong today. But if we don't get our, our leaders to to speak to the, the protesters and make it perfectly clear. Everybody have a phone, everybody got a watch. At 7.30, a half an hour before our our uh, time to end, we start ending and going home. That way, there's no, there's no uh, protesters 
legal protesters, you know, uh, out there. Then now there's no cover for there's no cover for the the anarchists to do what they do. I mean, I seen another video. This was during the day, but you know there was no riots going on. But there was some of the protesters during the early part of the protest started seeing people dressed in all black, wearing their hoodies, covering their face, spray painting on on buildings, BLM, Black Lives Matter. So some of the protesters went up to them and said, "Hey, that's not what we're about. We're not trying to destroy the the neighborhood." That's not what we're trying to do. And come to find out, it was some young white girls. All in black, covering their face, wearing masks. And it was young white girls doing it. So who's, was that the young white girl's idea? I don't think so. I think that they have a more organized thing to make it look like it's more uh, anarchy going on than it really is. So anyway, you know, Anyone that knows anyone that's protesting, I don't. I'm with that. I'm, I, I applaud you for protesting. But please, pass the word. If there's a if there's a, a curfew, a half an hour before the curfew, stop appearing to go home. You when you do that, you're moving the cover for the real uh, rioters, not the protesters, but the rioters. The, the ones that's bashing the windows. I seen a video of New York City after, you know, a couple months ago when they was riding in New York City before they shut it all down and everything. I couldn't believe it. I used to work on on uh, in Midtown. I, I You know, every single store, every single store was bashed and emptied. I'm talking about Rolexes, uh, whatever you could think of. Kate Spade handbags, Jimmy Choo's shoes. That stuff was gone. That wasn't, that wasn't, um, that was the riders. Those are the people just for the greed, for the money. And they have nothing to do with Black Lives Matter. They just use Black Lives Matter as a cover so they can go do what they're going to do. Okay. I know this is a deep, deep subject, you know, but I, like I said, I can't imagine uh, starting to become some type of a radio personality and not speaking about what I see. So, do we want a king and queen? Some people think it's okay. Some people, I'm so tired of the government. Maybe we need somebody of power to to uh, to be over the United States. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. Watch Hamilton. There's a scene in Hamilton that I love. It's the King George scene, where he's singing to the people and he's saying some things. It's funny. But when you listen to what he's saying, that's exactly what a true monarchy, what a true, that the kings, that if you don't do it my way, I'm going to send battalions to remind you of my love. If you don't do it my way, I will kill your friends and family to remind you of my love. That's the heart of a, a king. Now, you have some good kings, you have some bad kings, but I don't think that we want to have America underneath any kingmanship. Because it will be devastating. And it's devastating right now. So this is why I'm speaking so uh, powerfully on getting out. Vote. Get Go get a job. You need a job? Go find out where your kneeling polling station is and, and get a job helping them with the polls. People who have uh, vehicles and, and not having enough business, find the people that need to get there, the elderly people that need to get to the, the, the polls that usually use the mail-in ballots and are afraid to use mail-in ballots now. Find who they are. Help them. Get them there. Get a bus together. Get a, make it a trip and, you know, have some sandwiches or whatever. Whatever we can do. Let's do whatever we can to get people out to vote. And I'm not saying let's just get the people who's going to vote for Joe Biden. Let's get everybody out to vote. Let's make the, the election fair. You know, I, I can't I can't have or I can't see uh, this election not being completely fair. And so we can uh, overcome this this time. You know, OK, I'm just, I got like one or two more notes going on 40 minutes right here. So I tell you what, I'm going to take one quick break. And I'll be right back. We're just about 40 minutes in. Then I have a quick commercial break and we'll be right back.
Welcome back. Truly appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed that quick commercial break. You know, I know I'm getting a little bit intense on this, but it's an intense situation going on. And like I said, I know I have some listeners that kind of wish that my content was just all happy, smiles, jokes, and fun, and stories. And um, I can continue to tell stories, which I am going to tell one quick story. But, you know, this time in our life right now is, is crucial for our way of life, for the future. I want to speak about the COVID real quick before I uh, continue on what I was speaking on. COVID-19 has killed over 180,000 people. I, myself, my family and I, we have uh, a few people that we know personally that have died from COVID-19. And... I'm trying to figure out what is it that we're really trying to do? What is it that the government is is trying to do to help us? Because it's a scary time. I mean, you know, yeah, people are starting to go wild. People are starting to do this. It's, this is a holiday weekend right now. It's, I believe it's Labor Day weekend. You know, I remember back Labor Day weekends back in New York. People with the parties, the West Indies and, and West Indy people are partying and everybody's having a good time. And I matter of fact, I had one of my West Indian hats on uh, in the photo that I took that I uh, mentioned that I was getting ready to start a new recording so I like to have fun and I enjoy life too but it's not like that now you know restaurants are finally trying to the ones that were able to hold on to the business they have trying to figure out how to serve food outside how to social distance how how the their, their employees are safe and but uh, COVID is no joke, you know. I mean, some people act like it's not real or it's not really a big deal, and maybe some people get it, some people won't, whatever. But all across the globe, the world, COVID had ravaged other nations and countries. However, when you put up the charts to the United States of America compared to anywhere else, Korea, China, UK, Germany, I don't care, wherever you put the charts up, we are doing absolutely terrible. It's it's so terrible, it's unbelievable. So me as a avid news watch, I watch news a lot and I try to keep up on what's going on so I can stay focused you know, on, on what's going on in, in policy. Some people say they can't take it no more. I, I can't help it because this is our democracy. This is about our way of life. See, when I was younger, I didn't care. When I was younger, it didn't make me a difference who was president, who was leading the country, the nation, or whatever. It didn't make me a difference. Who was the mayor? Who was it? It didn't, whatever. I had to live my life, and I did. Now, thank God I'm alive today to be able to speak on the fact that What's going on today is a travesty, devastating our lives, our way of life. Now, of course, we all want to get back to a normal way of life. But sometimes you come to a point in life and you see, I don't think I want to go that way. I got to I got to go the other way. That 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 way looks dangerous. And even though I know someone's saying, come on, you can make it. Let's go this way. Come this way. I pray for wisdom. We should pray for wisdom. My prayer is that that God would bless us with wisdom so we can make it through these trying times on a, on a positive end. I'm going to tell a quick story. I might have mentioned this, but I'm just going to make, make it real clear as far as this particular story. A friend of mine really good friend of mine, one of my brothers I uh, grew up with in in, uh, in Brooklyn, New York, and he's a pastor now, and I, God bless his heart and his family, they're all serving God and, and doing their best to to, uh, to help in any way they can to, to revive people's lives in the shambles that they are in right now, and uh, he and I very close, and we still talk to this day. And um, he's the one that when I was strung out on crack and 
he he used to be strung, strung out on crack before he came to the Lord too. But but this time when I was strung out and he was he was a pastor at the time, we was hanging out for a little bit, just talking because we haven't seen each other in a while. So this is many years ago, but I told you know he said so. Dave, you still doing the same thing? I said, yeah, man. I said, you know, I think God understands what I'm doing. I think God, uh, you know, he talks to me more clear when I'm when I'm high like this, when I smoke the crack, because it would mix the crack with the weed and make me feel so much good. It's like the Holy Spirit's right there. He said, Dave, you're crazy, man. He said, you're, you're leaning on the side of the devil. The devil has got you in his grips. And I, and I didn't get that. And I was like, nah, I don't think so. Anyway, so we hung out for a little bit and he left and I went on and did my business. But him and I, this is probably back in 72, 73, 74, somewhere around then. We we was on a uh, a little the little league, you know, when you see the baseball with the little league patch. Uh, we was on that. We was in that division, and you know, we were both really good. And but we used to have to travel far from where we lived. We used to have to ride our bikes and go across some really bad area. If you know about Linden Boulevard, there's certain projects over there that. Uh, especially back then were just devastating and um i remember we, we had went to practice we made it there safe and we finished practicing it was starting to get a little dark practice went a little late so we had to go through these bad areas on our bike and the sun was just starting to go down i remember because it wasn't dark but it was it was just starting to get dark like dusk and he was riding ahead of me and we seen these guys ahead of us it was about Maybe four or five guys, you know, young guys, couldn't really tell their age, but they, was our age, maybe 13, 14, maybe 16, 17, I don't know. He goes, to, come on, Dave, man, they're not going to do nothing to us. Come on, man, let's go. We got this. It's like, all right, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I seen the one guy have this big, huge stick from a, from a tree, like a big branch. My man riding down, I was kind of behind him, probably about, about 15 feet. I seen this guy take this big stick and whack my man right on the back with the thing. The stick broke, hit him so hard with it. Seen him go down, bike wobbled a little. Then he got himself control. He's like, all right, all right, he's good. Come on, Dave, come on, man. They're not going to do nothing to you. Was, Are you serious? They're not going to do nothing to me? They did just bash you over the back with a, a tree branch. Could have you know, could have had a, a, a piece of another piece of a branch stick out. Could have stuck right into your back hit your spine, whatever, if they would have knocked off the bike, who knows what they would have did, they would definitely probably take your bike, and now you want me to go behind you, now they're more ready for the second person, I said, I don't think so, I turned away, I turned the other way, now I was, he was older than me, I think I, I was about maybe two years older than me, a year or two years older than me, so I guess he might have felt like he was responsible for me because he was older than me, but you know, I turned around. He knew the way. He knew he knew the way how to get back. I honestly didn't know the way. I was pretty much following him. But when I seen that, I turned away and went another way. But the reason why I'm telling the story is when we come to a point in life that you can see that danger is ahead. You gotta you gotta pray for wisdom. You gotta know that the way you're going is the right way or not. So I turned away. I turned around, went back the other way. Of course, I had to cross some other bad areas, maybe worse than the one that we was going through. But God supplied my need and I made it back home safe. I didn't get hit in the back with no stick or nobody jumped me and took my bike or nothing. And honestly, I remember my bike. I had one of those nice bikes. I had one of those, I think it was like a Stingray or something, like a three speed with the shift in the middle, the brown with the nice seat. And it was nice. They would have taken that and beat me down and took my bike. I made it back home. I was a little late. They were worried about me, but I made it. God protected me and me, you know, blessed me to get home safe. And, you know, it's a short story. But what I'm, the reason why I'm telling that story is our time that we're, we're in right now, there's danger ahead. There's danger ahead. If we don't turn away and go a different direction and figure out what it is that we need to do for our country, for our for our children, for our children's children, and so on. What is the name of the building? This is what Donald Trump, Donald Trump said when he was standing in front of the White House, something that is against the law and not supposed to be in front of the White House, using the White House as props to better your 
your chances of winning an election. That's against the law. But you want to know who, who, who can bring the gavel down on that law? The president. So he's not going to bring the gavel down. He's using so he's using the White House as a prop. That's what he did. And then he turns to his people and he says, "What's the name of this building that I'm standing in front of?" They scream out, "The White House." Then he looks at them into the camera. He says, "I'm here and they're not." When I heard that, I was like, "Who's not? What are you talking about? That's our house." That's the house of the people. We the people. So when he asks who, who's not there, then he asks who's not there. What is he talking about? Who is he talking about that's not there? Is he talking about the Democrats? The Democrats? I mean, is he talking about them? Is he talking about Joe Biden and them? Right, they're not going to do that because it was illegal. What do you mean they're not there? Of course they're not there. They're not going to do that. And what's he saying? He's he's the president. He's in the White House, and and they're not. The people can vote him out. So why would he make it seem like as if he's there to stay, and no one they're not there, and he is? I couldn't understand even why he was even saying that. It hurt me when he said that. And then he said, I'm not going into more. He said, you know, if you hadn't seen it, you know, if you haven't listened to any of it, if you did, you probably are pretty devastated like myself. And if you're a pro-Trump person and you heard it and you didn't get devastated on the, the hatred that was being spewed, you know, I don't understand it. What What, what is, it? is is that? Is that to change our culture, to make the culture of uh, one type of people that are there, that it's not, that our democracy is not for we the people, by the people, for the people. If it's not that, then what is it? If it's not for all the people, then who are they talking about? Okay. So one of the young young men, men of color that was uh, killed or shot in the back. No, he didn't, he didn't die. The young man that was shot in the back seven times and in front of his three uh, little boys by the police officer, severed his spine. His mother spoke, and I, I know I, I posted this on Facebook, but um, if you if you haven't uh, heard his mother's speech, I highly recommend that you try to find it online somewhere. Um, Jacob, I believe his name was Jacob. Sorry, I'm not I'm terrible with names. I didn't write it down, but I know I believe his. His first name was Jacob. I don't believe I'm not positive with his last name, but I'm sure if you put uh, Jacob person shot in the back seven times by police officers, I, I'm sure it'll pop right up. And and then find find what his mother said. You know, you know. I've told I had uh, his mother spoke on. You know, before I even speak about what she spoke. It brought me to tears because she reminded me of my mom. If my mom had to go through what she went through, how she would respond. She didn't respond with hate. She responded with love. And she mentioned prayer for everyone, even a police officer that that, that shot her son like that. You know, some people don't understand what true love is, you know. And as far as love is concerned, that's something that we're going to uh, talk about probably in the next episode. Now, I'm just gonna, I don't have a whole full speech here, so I'm really going to you know, encourage you to try to find her speech. But something that she she did say that I want to try to 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 bring out. You know. So God did not make one type of grass he didn't make one type of rock or stone he didn't make one type of tree you know he didn't make one type of human being he made many types of human beings all different types of colors gender You know, so 
if anyone would think that there's only supposed to be one type of people, that is a huge, huge mistake. So how dare, how dare anyone think or to say that there should be one kind of race, human race, like one type of people. That's why I want to say we the people. That means many types of people. For the people, for many types of people. By the people, by many types of people. This is key. Something that we need to stand strong on to understand. I mean, when I think about when it starts sounding like someone wants to be one type of people, it brings me back to like 1941 when, when Hitler was trying to eliminate all the Jews and anyone else that wasn't just like them. Come on. History is repeating itself. And if it's repeating itself in this way, what are we going to do about it? It's so important to be registered to vote early. It's so important to to find out in your hometown, your area, are the pollings closing down because there aren't enough people working them? Again, our young people, older people, anyone that can get out to work in polling stations, they are paying you. And you're helping to help our democracy to stand. This is a very crucial time right now. So if you're listening to me and you're feeling like, you know, you can't take this no more. You don't want to hear no more about politics. You don't want to hear no more about democracy. You don't want to hear about the hatred. You just want to go into your own little hovel and just keep to yourself and and whatever happens, happens. Don't try to complain when it gets worse. Don't say anything. Because if you're not going to help now, after it's over and things have changed dramatically, don't start complaining because you don't have the right. Now you have the right to do something to make the democracy work and to stand strong on our democracy and to help not just yourself, not just me, but our children and their children's children and so on. I love you guys and I thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of the Lost Kings. You know, where it's doing well and I'm very grateful and very thankful. Remember, you know, um, if you want to be a part of the Lost Kings, you can send us a message. You can um, text me, email me. If you need to, there's a, there's a, button on the, the this podcast that you can leave a voice message or a written message. I'm willing to hear. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. And also, please remember, if you would like to support this podcast, the Lost Kings podcast, by myself, David James Jardine Jr., we greatly would appreciate it. And it's simple. There's a, also right next to the message button is a, a button that has a little dollar sign next to it. And it, it mentions how you can support. And it's as simple as you can support 99 cents a month. You can support $4.99 a month. Or you can support $9.99 a month. I'm so grateful to say that I have listeners in all three categories. And I'm very grateful for that. And I want you to know I have not spent not one dime of that yet. And when I do, I will be looking for a way to help someone, some people, some, someone that's in need. So my heart is definitely in the right place. I want to I want to look out for people. I love people. Um, God had, you know, I wanted to say this real quick. I think I mentioned this in the last episode and I didn't really complete my thought. And I apologize about that sometimes when I don't have a, a co-host with me or a guest. It's, it's sometimes it falls a little hard to follow um, the, the program. And I spoke about a time when I was really concerned to know I'm not really concerned to know, but I wanted to know 
what God sees in people or why his love is so powerful for people and how throughout the Bible, how he's given so many people so many chances. And so I asked him one time, is it possible that you can bless me with just a glimpse of what you see in people so I can even feel more passion about helping your people? And it took a little while and all of a sudden I realized he'd given it to me. Because what I started noticing different about myself was that when I would be sitting in the car, maybe at the supermarket or whatever, or my wife was going and maybe getting her nails done or, or something, and I'm usually sitting in the car. Sometimes I have the dog with me, but I don't remember having a dog at this time. But I started to look at people as they were walking past me differently. I didn't know them. It didn't make a difference what color they was. I wasn't seeing color. I just, I started seeing a passion for them. Something, something was different. God spoke to my heart and he let me know that, this is going to sound weird, but everyone has a little toe. Some people don't. Some people have had accidents in the situation. They don't. But as small as detail as that everyone has a little pinky toe. Everyone also has a soul. And God revealed in my heart that I love them all. And I wish that they would love me. Because sometimes I would see some people could be a, a worker it really, it really, honestly, God, they make a difference who, what they look like, what some people are handicapped, some people, it didn't make a difference. But he put that little thing in me that that's how he loves everyone, because he looks at every individual as having a soul and he loves their soul and he wishes that those souls would love him back. And, and that's what grew inside me, that he placed inside me some time ago, that I realized I need to be praying for everyone. Good, bad, and indifferent. I'm not judging. I leave the judging to God. So in saying that, I just want to, to implore everyone to please take this time in our life very serious figure out what it is that you can do to help and how we can help strengthen our democracy I mean too many people died for democracy too many people were slain for democracy too many protesters were bashed in the head standing for democracy we have parents, grandparents great grandparents who did everything in their power to help stand for our democracy. Let's not let it fall this time. Just remember this. In the time to come, in the future, someone's going to ask you, what was you doing during the 2020 election? Because it's going to go down in history as one of the most profound or outlandish vote in, in our lifetime so stand tall do the best that you can don't lay down and say you don't want to be a part of it because it doesn't affect you, it does just like COVID is affecting everyone what are we going to do about COVID you want to know what it looks like the government is doing and honestly I mean, this is what I'm hearing the, the leaders of our nation saying things like this. I think it's called hoarding. I might be pronouncing it wrong, but they would like to let the virus go rampant because if so many people get it, then we will start becoming immune to it. But with that study, if they did that, we are only at 180,000 people dead. If we do what they are saying, it could be up to numbers of 
one million and a half to two million people dead. We can't do that. That that that's too many people, too many loved ones, too much family, too many souls. So thank you once again for listening. I do apologize if this message was this show was a little dark or intense, but it's intense times. And like I said, I wouldn't be doing you justice or anyone else justice or myself justice or my family any justice if I lay down and act like this stuff wasn't happening. God bless you all. I love you so much. Thanks again for your support. Thank you for listening. We truly appreciate you. God bless you. And we look forward to speaking to you on our next episode. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.